All right, we welcome you to another episode of Learning Stories. This is a show where we profile a diverse set of learners from the 21st century. In each episode of this show, we interview a guest who has a story to share about how they acquired a set of skills and knowledge in a creative and innovative manner. In the process, we hope to uncover a new understanding of learning as conceptualized, imagined, and narrated by the guest on our show. Today's guest, uh, Manish Kushalani, is someone I have uh, admired for a really long time. Um, a little bit about him before we jump into this conversation. Uh, Mumbai born and bred, NYC read and fed. Um, that would be one uh, or two phrases to uh, describe Manish. But, but he, by profession, he's a cin cinematographer, a film director, and a musician. In terms of his educational training, um, he completed a Bachelor of Mass Media from Kishinchan Chilaram College in Mumbai University. And then he did the Conservatory in Cinematography at New York Film Academy in New York City. His, uh, uh, he was also awarded uh, a very special prize, uh, the Best Indie Filmmaker at the Etude Los Angeles Film Festival in 2020. Um, I spent a couple of days, you know, watching some of Manisha's work and he has shot commercials for IPL, Netflix, Prime Video, Kingfisher, Xiaomi, Redmi, PUBG, Volkswagen, Agio, Mintra, Royal Enfield, and the list goes on. He has closely worked with directors such as Rajat Kapoor, Ratna Sinha, Akash Kurana, Debbie Rao, and talents such as Dia Mirza, Sonu Sood, Ali Fazal, uh, Manoj Pava, Jim Sarb, to name a few. Again, it's a very long list and uh, I, I, I want to go through all the names, but I also want to be mindful of time. As a, as a cinematographer, awaiting the release of his debut feature, Middle Class Love, uh, directed by Ratna Sinha and produced by Anubhav Sinha's Benares Media Works and Z Studios. Um, the release of this debut feature by Manish is scheduled for 16 September 2022. And uh, the good news is uh, we're having this conversation after the release. So the film yes. is already uh, it is out in theaters and uh, you will be able to catch it at a theater close to you in India. And if you are uh, jumping in from abroad, it should... Uh, hopefully come out soon on the digital streaming platforms too. Yes. So Manish, that's, I'm, I'm not going to do a lot of the talking. It's all, it's all going to be about oh, you. No. I thought this was going to be a conversation. It, it will, but I think it's going to build off, you know, your thoughts and your life and your ideas. But okay, sure. so Manish, firstly, thank you, you know, for giving us the time to do this. Um, you know, I'm really excited to chat with you. I've, I've been a big fan of your work. Um, I think I've seen Thank a lot you. of your short films. Uh, and I love your music. I'm a big fan of your music. You know, the Subsidy is one of my favorite songs. I often listen Thanks. to it, you know, when things are not really uh, great in my life. But uh, it gives me a lot of hope. Um, and I think you are a very talented artist. But, um, yeah, how are you feeling, Manish? How are you... Like, I'm good. Thank you for having me on firstly and so thank you so much for this warm introduction. Um I'm I'm really glad that you like my music. Um I'm I'm feeling good. I'm uh, it's a nice Sunday evening. I'm sitting in Juhu in my house where I live with my flatmate, uh Navneet, uh, which you know is, yes. is us here, which is a word that I don't like to use so much. He's a writer and I live with him and my cat Puchki. 
she's a eight month old that we adopted last year. And I'm sipping my rose cinnamon green tea talking to you uh, on Sunday night. It's nice. I'm I'm feeling good. Seems like the perfect perfect setting for a good conversation. Yes, I can do a I can do a vibe check for you. I have some options. I DMX my. <laughs> oh wow! I <laughs> mean, feel like this is oceanic. Wow! I should uh, so get that set up. This is this is what uh, being in the media industry does. You know, <laughs> change your vibe with a click of a button. I have to probably have a lot to eat or drink to be able to do that. <laughs> But you know we can we can do it based on the the mood of the question. <laughs> okay, so for now let's let's keep it neutral. Let's we'll jump into it if things get too intense. Yeah, but <laughs> but Manish, you know, I just want to backtrack. You know, to your I mean, you had I know a lot of people have found out about your work through your feature, but I know you've been working on this for a good five to ten years. You know, not just from university, but also from school because you were always passionate about photography and filmmaking from back then. So mm-hmm. you know, just to give the viewers a background about who you were as a student growing up, you know, what was Manish like at school? You know, what were some of your interests? Were there any subjects you really enjoyed studying, and um, were there any things you were naturally inclined to growing up? Um, I think like my introduction into film, which is what I do commercially, my music is my independent side. Um, I think my um, interest in film came because of music in the first place. Because when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I have a brother who's older to me by six years, so uh, he was the one who would uh, bring in the American taste, and like he would listen to Backstreet Boys and the All American Rejects and Chris Dorty and Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit, um, along with things that were popular here at the time, which is Jal and um, um lucky ali and, and some bollywood songs so he would put uh about 20 to 30 songs in this like little device that i had which is like a voice recorder but you can also feed music into it up to 160 mb which is not over 30 songs um and i that was my favorite device like i would hang out with it but just just taking walks on the road by myself just listening to music um and I think what music made me do is it it kind of helped me imagine, um, and I feel like one thing um, that I always kind of felt upset about that I did did not read so much when I was a child, um, which kind of facilitates your imagination, right? Because it it kind of like heightens your senses and you can you can you can feel more because you're actively trying to process this information rather than like passively consuming something, mm. um, like watching a film. um which i'm trying to like cover up now i have like books lined up with notes on the wall that hey one hour in the morning you can do this you can you can catch up um but music was that for me so every time i would listen to a linkin park song or a breaking benjamin song i would imagine these visuals of these uh these people performing in different kind of situations and 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 music also like introduced this um these concepts of graphs uh like in narrative um and in emotion um translated through just just sound and i feel like that kind of got me interested 
in in this aspect where I would go back and watch music videos for those songs and then see how different they were from my own imagination. It's like how people read a Harry Potter book and then watch a Harry Potter movie. So that was that was that for me. Um, and then I feel like now that I trace it back, it's a bit corny and a bit cheesy. But I I did watch the movie Wake Up Slid in two thousand eight or two thousand ten. And I was really inspired by it. Um, I don't share like a lot of good opinions about Ayan Mukherjee's or Bastra, but like I have to give him credit that uh, Wake Up Said made me contact my uncle in the US and say, say like, hey, you're coming in July. Can you get a little digital camera for me? Mm. And he did, and I feel like that's that's where it started. So it is a little bit filmy as well, but. Um, that was it for me so i feel like music and movies were always kind of running parallelly <clears throat> and up until i joined dmm with you guys i was only learning music i was training in western classical piano and indian classical vocals so that was something i thought i want to do for life uh-huh. and when um i graduated the 12th grade I remember having this conversation with my father that I said, "Hey, I want to be a pianist," mm-hmm. and uh, this is something that happens at every juncture, right? In in tenth grade, you say, "Hey, you want to try this," and then someone else would say, "Why don't you do science first, and then you can explore?" And then mm-hmm. the same conversation happened after twelfth, where uh, they said, "Why don't you kind of finish one um, secure." um academic program and then you can move on to kind of further your interest you know um and they gave like very good examples as well like palar sen from uh, uh who, who made mayari was a doctor the singer of agni was was in a very high paying corporate job um and they moved on to uh, music like it's not like something kept them away from it so that was a great idea and i think up until that point apart from my sister who is also an artist i do come from a family of doctors engineers and chartered accountants yeah. so um it is a bit at, at at the time it was a bit new to kind of explore a course which nobody in my family had done yeah. and uh, bmo was relatively a very new course right but um it was interesting like i saw the syllabus and uh, i went to kc college i went to a lot of colleges and i went to kc college and met our principal our hod um and uh, my parents met her as well and they were like okay this this sounds like something which is like secure and might give him a good degree and like have something to fall back on but still like give a lot of space and opportunity to do whatever you want mm-hmm. uh, and i think like that in in bmm i really like um was super lucky to have batchmates such as yourself and a lot of other talented people who are now musicians and photographers and film producers um a lot of seniors who knew what they were doing at the point uh when we joined film making uh or just gaming and uh, we had someone to collaborate with and learn from so i feel like that's where it where it kind of gave me a push um also before that i was a um, bit more shy mm-hmm. uh, like i i was like a silent kid and uh, i wouldn't socialize so much uh, and the and the two schools and colleges that i had been to before that 
were in my same suburb so i haven't i haven't really gotten out to like see who who is out there and like what how they are thinking what they are thinking about which school they come from sure. so my first day in college i was uh, very boastful yeah. where i was like oh this professor is really cool she speak great english <laughs> which was like already like a huge thing for me because i i came from kelkar college and kelkar college has so books so that that was awesome for me and but it, it must have must have been funny because wake up it was also shot at uh, the college next door right <laughs> you know you uh, yeah. imagine yourself <laughs> in the very same situation that that character oh i think about that honestly <laughs> i remember that scene yeah. where they're, they're in the canteen and they jump off those stairs that's like the common like uh, area oh, yeah. for that's true <laughs> it's funny how you know life turns around but you know before you jump into your college experience manish you know you mentioned you had some training in western classical piano and in indian classical music you know one thing mm-hmm. i remember about you manish is that when you came for the program you were already competent in a lot of these skills for instance i think you were quite good in music production you were really good in photography and even uh, you already had some knowledge about film production so how did you learn about these three skills on your own time because i don't think a lot of schools you know provide you with the training to do that in specific so was there like an extended program that you did uh, while you were at school or how did you go about figuring that out i think in my school there were these great um, internal contests where you would have like a mono acting program a group dance competition and it would, it would be between classes and between batches as well mm. so that was an interesting push um, where you could actually try something that you had not tried before as well so i would i would usually participate in the instrumental competition and um, what do you call it the the solo singing competition and the group singing competition but then i i also like found interest in trying acting for a little bit uh, which was nice to like just open up and and what it made me do is it it made me write a little yeah. so um in in the end all that you think of it it's 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 all like one sphere right like it's it's not like there are individual disciplines that never interact with each other so i feel like school was definitely a good push and that was a good encouragement as well uh, music production is something that i just started learning in the last 3 years when the pandemic hit and there was not much to do so that is something i'm i'm trying to polish now and like learn from my friends learn from suren as well uh, he's he's great help to me right. and he always like keep sending me links and youtube tutorials and and just like long video calls with me to figure out what i what i want to do with my ideas and my like how to manifest it so when i joined college i i uh, was more like proficient i guess would be one way to say in, in playing the piano and and singing correct but everything else was very new to me at that point as well amazing yeah because i think like i remember because i was we were in that program for one year together and manish did it for 3 years for someone mm-hmm. that doesn't know about the mass media program if you had to break it down in a couple of sentences like what do you learn in the first second and third year of a mass media program and it's also because um a lot of young students or young people listening to this interview you know they'd be curious about your pathway and your journey and the fact that there is uh, an option available at the undergraduate level would be quite interesting for a lot of them so what what was i mean how is that course structured and how what did you take out of it at each stage manish 
Uh, one way to say it would be broadly, if you think about it, it's divided into two respects, which is advertising and journalism. Yeah. And that's a major, is one way to say it, a major that you can choose in your third year. Got it. Uh, apart from that, in three years, you have about 36 subjects. So wow. it's six, six subjects a semester. Yeah. Um, and and it takes you through subsets of advertising and journalism, which can deal with branding, copywriting, consumer behavior, um, economics. Yeah, there are some uh, some subjects even about art and design. Yeah, which which is very important to kind of understand how everything is integrated. Yeah. Then, um, as far as I can remember. Um, one of our most interesting subjects for me, the, the, there were three subjects in first, second, and third year, which were film-related subjects. The first one was understanding cinema. Mm. And the second one was something related to film appreciation as well, where you get to make another movie. And the third one was contemporary issues, mm. which, were, which was a great blend of journalism and filmmaking because they're supposed to make a documentary and that's supposed to be your thesis project mm. so they give you about four to five months to come out with what you think is a contemporary issue in India and why do you think you need to like talk about it if nobody else is talking about it or talking about it as much um, and it gave you the liberty to go anywhere in India mm. and talk to people and talk to lawyers and talk to politicians and um, just understand the problem and force solutions and just share perspectives fairly in, in a documentary that you get to spend a lot of time on with, with a team that you build, you, you can choose to build. So that was great. I feel like we learned a lot in, in those three projects, especially the last one, mm-hmm. because you wanted to create something that... Um, looks good as a film you know like it's enjoyable as as a film itself but also makes sense and like also validates its own existence for sure so that that was that was a very good project and, and what was that film about manish the one that you made in uh, university so i was very lucky to get to work on three films actually okay. when i was in my second year i worked on a seniors film which was Gaurav Gandhi's film he was directing it. Um, it was about modern day imperialism. Mm-hmm. So this film was about land acquisition in Gujarat. And uh, in my year, we worked on this documentary about marginalized Adivasis in Sanjay Gandhi National Park, mm-hmm. which is um, um, a national park that's inside the city. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about the illegal encroachment is is the way the government would put it, of of these national parks where these Adivasis are kind of sandwiched between the city and the wildlife, mm-hmm. where they have nowhere to go, and every uh, every uh, little aspect which concerns rehabilitation and why it is not effective. Mm-hmm. So that was what I was working on, um, and uh, in when I graduated, I went back to help Shubham Matre, who was our junior. Mm-hmm to shoot something in Nandurbar and he was making a documentary with his team about um, malnutrition in children uh, at the border of Maharashtra and Gujarat, which is like 
um, thin line in the map that the government does not have access to, and it's, it's a bit confusing because uh, you can't tell which regulation does it fall under. That's, I mean, that's amazing because I, you know, we very often you look at film and you think about stories and characters, but you know the the whole world of documentary filmmaking can shed light on so many important issues that need to be discussed. You know, and the fact that you had the power to do that when you were um, just learning how to make cinema must have felt so empowering for you as a student because you could actually use your skills to give voice to uh, issues that really needed that voice, and I think. you know film is one of the most powerful ways to really tell a good story but also tell stories that you know really need to be heard so i think it's it's amazing manish that at that time you know you had the skill set to be able to make those projects um you know what was it like after your time at uh, the the mass media course manish you know did you jump into you know working on professional projects directly or you wanted to do like another course right after and explore other opportunities from there i think i kind of did a bunch of things before i knew um that film school is something that i want to do right away mm-hmm. when also to add to the college experience one very good thing which i think made me learn a lot is the college festivals mm. which was amazing because we we had uh, yearly college festivals so we would have our own festivals and we would participate in about four to five festivals of wilson xavier's um nationals jayan and and like a couple of other colleges shout out so, to blitz blitz creek right shout out to blitz creek yes in bachelor of mass yeah so uh, that was fun to make a lot of uh, movies for those festivals and when you are organizing your own festival then you can make like a opening film and closing mm-hmm. film and So that was awesome as well. Uh, coming back to this question, I I tried to do a lot of things while I was in the course, and then like the year after that as well. A uh, couple of teachers hooked me up on uh, the team for Lakme Fashion Week, where I would basically like go and shoot pictures for mm-hmm. Harper's Bazaar. But uh, I did not know that I'm signing up as uh, a paparazzi. Okay. So that was a fun gig, and I I did one day, and I was like, hmm, I don't know if this is something that I want to do in life. And then I went to the lunch buffet, and I was like, this is awesome. I'm gonna come for five days. <laughs> But so yeah, I I guess it's overwhelming, right? Because the number of opportunities in the media industry for a film and I, professional are so many. If you don't yeah. try, and you know, and I I'm sure it's hard in the first few days because you're new in like a bond of experienced professionals but i'm really curious to hear other stories manish like apart from that gig what were some other gigs that you did then i was working as a production assistant on a couple of short films that industry professionals were making but they did not have the budget for like crew crew so i i would come in and i worked on a film as an ad and a production assistant on this director maria said's movie Uh, and she was a London film film school graduate as well. And then there was another filmmaker, uh, Siddharth, who who was one of the biggest like first ADs in in the Indian art industry, and he was making his own film, which was getting produced by Nikhil Bopana, a a person from Equinox, which is also a very good production house. 
So I was working like as as like a boy who would run around and and get things done, and um, just just even be a runner and like get casting audition videos from Warsaw to Mahim to Warsaw to Mahim because you would use pen drives then, right? You like Google um, is like internet wasn't like right. so good then. Like we we weren't like really using Google drives as much as we now. So uh, I was kind of like a bridge between departments, and I and I did that for a couple of projects, um, and I'm really glad that that I did that because I kind of got to work as like a assistant in a very small capacity to people who actually do very very good work. Otherwise, yeah. uh, when 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 they're on their like full blown film sets, mm-hmm. so that was really nice. I I worked on as a, as an AD, just just running the slate. On on different actions as well, like and I got to like kind of observe what is happening, um and and how things are functioning on like a very chaotic, eighteen-hour ambitious day when you don't really know how you're gonna shoot four ads in a day, but it somehow happens. Film industry, especially the Indian film industry, is like kind of cutthroat and ruthless. Yeah. So um I feel like it was really nice to spend time on those sets. In in the meantime, for money, I also shot a lot of wedding films, and I edited a lot of wedding films. And wedding films can can be like feature films. Like you, if you have six function from from Mandi to Sangeet to Feras to reception and yeah. and 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 whatnot, it's and each segment is like twenty minutes long. It's 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 like a two hour film. Yeah. I I just I mean, just like a side note. It's one of my favorite binge watching experiences. Randomly, yeah. <laughs> if I'm in an existential crisis, because they also yeah. talk about the couple and their story as well, right, Manish? So sometimes when I'm don't have anything else to do, I just go watch some of these videos. But sorry. Oh, go, go yeah, on. it's either like very hopeful or very depressing. It is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I did a lot of that as well, and. I feel like if I look back, that was also a very good experience because in wedding films, you you get to use the best budget cameras of the time. So whatever releases, people want that. Mm. And India, it's it's easy to rent. So you the the moment a good piece of gear releases or comes out, we have it that we can rent out for similar price of what we kind of uh, rented out the previous uh, version of the gear for. Oh wow! So in wedding films, that was that was great that you can like test like different cameras, even if you don't need it for a particular shoot, you you want to try it out. So you talk to the vendor and you be like, hey, can I try this on the shoot? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good experience to kind of understand technology better, and even understand um, different kind of systems that support. This technology, like different stabilization systems and gimbals that support cameras, and what kind of an effect you would use for for which segment, um, and a little bit of lighting, but most importantly, shooting emotion because that's what uh, a wedding film is, right? You're documenting your emotion, and you you wish that you hope that you don't miss out on all the you you mine all the gold. So, yeah. so that was very interesting. That it's it's basically a documentary, um, and and you have to be like really alert, and it's it's a lot of planning actually involved in wedding filmmaking. It's insane. 
people have like conferences and group discussions as to like how to capture it effectively and there are floor plans where um people are given responsibilities that hey you get the groom and the and the groom's father and father and mother you know yeah. and you are with the groom's relatives so so there are there are spots drawn out for uh, for blocking essentially this is where the feras are going to be and we probably chicken heads point <laughs> in the direction they were supposed to shoot in so that was very interesting and along that process i realized that i don't want to kind of put myself in a box and, and say hey i want to just do cinematography or i want to do anything um i i wanted to like be known as a filmmaker but at the time i i thought my interest lie most in the visual aspect of storytelling and um my interest and my strengths so it was it, it was a good option for me to join a film school specializing in cinematography mm. and i found the right school for me which was new york film academy um and i joined that in 2017 wow uh, and um i i studied there for for, for a year and then i got my opt wow. for another year wow. so i spent two and a half years there so two years there And, and i i really want to break down this experience i saw some of the films you made manisha at that time i saw broken record um, umami i i really like how you know because i'm thinking about your visual journey from your early short films and i also saw your ad films which i know a lot of them were really recent mm-hmm. but one thing about your visual language is it's very strong on color and i've noticed that coming out in more of your recent projects you know and i know being a colorist is actually like a like a specified role in film projects but your sense of color and <clears throat> i'm saying this because i do watch a lot of films i found a very strong visual style and aesthetic that is unique to you coming out in your short films that i could also see emerging in your uh, ad films and your feature film project you know in terms of how you set up visuals like in some of your ads what i'd notice is you have a very um human like um filmmaking style because your camera is actually moving with the character you know like mm-hmm. the character is talking and i i noticed your camera is almost um, like moving with them so it doesn't seem like it's a shot but it seems like it's another human talking to that character you know so i'm really curious how you developed i mean what are these nuances in you know filmmaking called or like because you know the jump for you was from Mumbai again maybe we can talk about this a little later but also being in Mumbai i think is such an amazing experience right the amount of exposure you get and i know when you come back to your journey of working on the feature film you can talk about that but what was the jump like for you from you know a uh, media school in Mumbai to film school in New York and how was that course structured and what did you take from it um when i moved to new york it was very welcoming yeah the, the city was great the city was very welcoming i had an option to go between new york and los angeles and i felt like new york is more my vibe because i come from bombay and i'm used to just taking the train and heading to some place and every yeah. hour right uh, i was uh, i was fascinated by the idea that this is this is a city like mine on steroids so <laughs> so I I really enjoyed New York. I had less of a culture shock going to New York Film Academy. I think I had bigger a bigger culture shock going to Casey College. 
uh, being a boy from Mudan and like meeting people from town and and Juhu and Bangkok and all of that. You're a Juhu boy so, yourself now. <laughs> I'm a Juhu boy myself now. Yes. <laughs> it's technically Varsova, but I like to call it Upper Juhu. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, so that was nice because people came from all over the world and uh, people of all ages as well mm-hmm. so that was a humbling experience because i think i was 22 or 23 at the time and yeah. then i had one person who was turning 18 wow and this person was from from america and then there was one another person from hungary mm. and he was turning 40 nice and um, there were people who came from a big a uh, prior filmmaking experience working in their respective industries and um, someone like me who has had like a taste of it but obviously is here to like figure it out and like learn and find out what he wants to do yeah. uh, and and also people who had like no idea what they were signing up for like mm. that, that that was happening as well and everyone kind of flourished in their own uh, in their own direction and in their own like Nice. I think there's a very lot of things. So, but no, no, don't worry. I I will. Uh, you know, all the additional sounds. I've gotten really really good <laughs> yeah. at editing, so I can like you know. <laughs> nice. But um, but Manish, you know, like if you had to mention specific courses, you know, because it was like a conservatory in filmmaking, right? right. Like, were there any specific courses and professors um, that really you know changed your thinking? Um, because I'm sure yeah. you didn't have such a such a specialized study in. Uh, in bmn right so um, yeah so so yeah i feel like that's a great question because uh, what specialization is i got to know when i joined this course uh, there were subjects that were kind of bifurcated into technical and creative mm. so we had like a lot of technical subjects like uh, grip and electric which is understanding lighting and your support lighting and, and how to support camera systems and and rig it to cars and rig it to to your hand so that whenever you move your hand to the camera moves with you right. um and and just different forms of lighting and how to shape light cut light um and and all of the all of the little stuff that you need to know about um and we had like camera lectures but we would understand film cameras and celluloid and difference between celluloid and digital um and and the things that we are working with today compatibilities between cameras and lenses mm. so that was that was like one part of uh, the training mm. and the other part was creative and more philosophical mm. so we had one subject called history of cinema where we would uh, watch one movie in a group mm. and this movie does not have to be too old either uh, it can be blade runner from the 80s or blade runner that was made today and we would watch this film and we would write about it for half an hour wow and in the end everybody would kind of read what they wrote um and and the professor would point out like interesting things that everybody observed and and we would discuss it out loud so that was super interesting because i i would find something that you discovered but i i didn't notice and and the other way around because everybody's perspective about one thing is is different for sure um so I feel like that is that was one of my favorite subjects because that's where I learned to kind of dissect and understand what it is that you like about the thing that you like, mm. which is which is one of the most beautiful things 
that you can apply to anything in life. Mm-hmm. If uh, if if you make me um, pasta for dinner, we can have a conversation about it. Like, hmm, it's interesting. Like, if the tomato is like a little more tangy, I feel like you put like less garlic this time, last time. Um, the parmesan is like shaved instead of shredded. So so those things kind of add value to life. Yeah. you know uh, so so it was discussing these things that i started developing appreciation for things in general not just as a filmmaker but just as a person as a human being mm. so i would try to apply that to songs when i would listen to songs and um, the beautiful thing about dissecting is you you kind of realize what you like and what works as well mm. you know so so if you make yourself an omelet the next day you you know how you like your omelets and you know how you like your coffee so that was one interesting subjects and uh, there was another one called uh, cinematographer's craft uh, where this subject was totally uh, focusing on visual storytelling as as my uh, professor would say um, and here we would discuss motivations for camera movement yeah. and the purpose of uh, and the reason for a character standing where they are standing in the first place okay. and the relationship to camera so when the camera would move when the camera would stay still uh, when the camera should be completely static when the camera should have like a little bit of a breeze um, just just different eyelines that mean different things uh, how to make something look personal how to make something look impersonal yeah. how to make it feel like a character is isolated uh, or or uh, feels out of place yeah. uh, so so we would discuss a lot of things that just framing composition lighting placing of performers just just uh, just eyelines where they would look at would kind of like make things feel different yeah. uh, and one interesting uh, thing that my professor would say all the time is that uh, nothing falls off the truck yeah. you know and it's a lot of times it's not an accident most of the times it's not an accident yeah. it was someone's creative choice that the person wore this uh shade of uh mint green and sitting in this backdrop signifying something that it's 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 a combination of all these things yeah that filmmakers not just the director but a cinematographer or a costume designer and production designer are feeding you elements yeah. uh, and it's graded a certain way to make you feel a certain way wow uh, in 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 with the help of music and sound design you know yeah. so it's it's a very highly fabricated experience and it doesn't just fall off the truck so yeah yeah it's really to learn these two subjects where you would again find out what it is that you like about the thing that you like do you like the warmth in the room do you uh, um like the contrast between the the person and and in respect to their surroundings mm. uh do you like it that one person is against the window so you just see them in the silhouette mm. but that also kind of says something about um their um their part of the story that they are in the dark so metaphorically you see them in the dark so is these little things that we would discuss and and jam over um and so that was 
one part of the training as well. So you had technical subjects, you have more more creative and philosophical subjects. And in the middle of it, we had these production workshops um, where uh, every month we would have one workshop where everyone in the room, which is like 10 people in one batch, are supposed to make a particular movie. Hmm. And these roles are kind of interchangeable. Okay. So let's say one production workshop, if you're in my class, let's say if I'm the director and I pick you as my cinematographer, Mm-hmm. someone else is playing the lighting technician another person is playing the camera another right. person is on the dolly and in the next production workshop this whole thing will shuffle so you get an idea of each role in that production exactly so in if everyone gets to kind of play one role in uh, in every department mm-hmm. for every production workshop which was very beautifully designed because you, you once you once you are uh, Kind of playing the role, you start to understand time, and you also understand you're also empathetic to the work that other people are doing, right? So if, let's say I never worked as a camera assistant or a focus puller or a dolly operator or a lighting technician, and I just like kind of order my crew around that, hey, I have five minutes, I want it ready. Whereas I I should be the one who's knowing that okay, something uh to rig, something like this to rig is gonna take 15. Something mm-hmm. to safety is gonna take ten, you know, and like uh, it's a challenging shot. So this person is gonna lose focus in fifteen takes. That's that's I need to do something to kind of help them out to get it right. You know, like I need to make a mistake. So um, that was amazing because we kind of got to play different roles in these workshops, mm-hmm. but also we had two five projects each as a director and cinematographer. Correct. So uh, we could still choose to have uh, another person uh, be the director, mm-hmm. but you since it's a cinematography program, you are the cinematographer for, for your project, um, and I will have crew, which is my uh, my, my teammates, my my classmates, mm-hmm. and I will work on five of their films as well. Oh, in okay. okay. So so basically, it, it it keeps you really really busy for the whole year. Like there is there is. Really, no time to like do anything else. I I um, can't imagine how you fit all of this in one year. I'm just thinking it must have been such an intense course, right, Mimi? Yeah, it was very intense, and when you spend so much time day and night with with these people, uh, you kind of figure out the best and worst, and and you you kind of uh, understand the realities of life. That hey, like on the 18th hour, people. Uh, everyone's a human being right like, so you need to like appreciate um those factors as well and, and take into account what you can do to to have this shift phase like yeah yeah that's yeah that that's amazing you did a great job you know summarizing that whole year in terms of what it is for someone that's learning films you know like and i know like right after that project manish you know you had several professional experiences not only in the US, but also in India, you know, I think you have such a large portfolio of uh, ad films. And I think mm-hmm. your ad films also say a lot about how you, uh, as a professional, want to tell stories, but also tell stories of brands, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about your, uh, because once you have this experience in the conservatory, like, how, how did that change your approach to making ads and films? Because I think I, I noticed that after your course, 
I just see a huge jump in terms of how you produce those final projects. You know, I feel like it's very clean. It's very uh, professional. The editing, the voice, all of these other factors that I feel you must have learned in the course suddenly emerge in your projects. You know, whether it's the the Beko ad, the the Volkswagen ad with Ali Fazal, or you know the short films, but also your feature film. You know, so can you tell me your experience working on some of these projects, Manish? Maybe two or three of them that really you know defined your professional outlook. Yeah, so um, I would like to start by saying I really love shooting artists. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm so glad that I get to do that. Um, Primarily because I get to work with a lot of people mm-hmm. because of that, and uh, I I enjoy long format a lot as well. Yeah, um, that's something that that comes along um, not as easily because you need to have like a work for somebody to trust you for like a ninety days schedule in the first place. Yeah. So um, art filmmaking is a great platform to meet new people and meet like. Really good people yep. from the industry who are doing different things, um, and also get to try a lot of things, which which you might feel nervous to try when you jump on a long format directly, and you did not have like a playground to see what works, what doesn't work, yeah. um, what, what what is your taste like, and uh, um, I feel like ads give a really good platform for that. Um, also, because every day is a new day, yeah. so it's, uh, so in two days I don't have to worry about this. The the very interesting thing about freelance projects like this uh, as well is that um, really minimizes the politics um, that can that that an ecosystem can uh, get involved in in the first place. Okay. Because um, tomorrow, once we're done with our eighteen-hour shift at max, I I really don't have to like come back to it. Um, in terms of what what was going on, like any kind of backups, like kind of completely left behind. Yeah. So it's it's a very good platform where, where you dive in and you're completely focused and you know that this is what I want to do. Correct. And I have like a week to week to prep for it, and and you can really like at that point it's up to you how much you want to prep for it, which is also very interesting. Like you can um use all the tools available right now that are just like in your iPhone where you can uh, make your phone work as like a simulator for uh, what your camera is going to shoot like. Mm. So there are apps that will like give you the exact same frame uh, with the guidelines and the aspect ratios and you just have to dial in which camera and which lens you're shooting with. Oh. Um, and it will give you that. So I don't really have to like carry like a 15 kg camera and, and kind of find my frame. I can just find my frame on, a, on an iPhone and make everybody's lives easier. Um, and when you do something like that, it also um, kind of uh, so it's a good communication factor between different departments that they know what they're doing and what they're pressing. Mm-hmm. So, um, wow, they're really going at it. <laughs> don't, don't worry about the sound, Manish. It's good. I think it adds uh, another layer. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, serial. Yeah, you're, you're building up to a scene, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so when I got back to India, luckily a couple of people from BMM had turned um ad film producers, so they gave me certain projects. Um, but I got to try a couple of different things, and and then it's like a 
little bit of a cycle where um, you put out something and then people see it and they didn't like it and then you get a call and then putting out more things and trying to get better projects. Um, so that that's a cycle that we'll always be in. And, um, there are always like more steps that you climb up that, hey, you want to work with these production houses and work on uh, uh, ad films that are of a certain budget and yeah. um, have these directors and production designers because it's it's all a circle. Your yeah. film, like what what you do, like just looks ten times better if if the set looks amazing and it's dressed well and and the director has these ideas that kind of give you scope to to push yourself as well and, and try out new things. Um, so that was uh, that was shooting ads for me, and I think I've always been shooting ads. Yeah, and I, um, I hope you do, because I think you've made an art form out of it, Manish. I think just to see all your ads, it tells a really powerful story. I feel like you also humanize the brands, you know, and I think I saw that in a lot of the, for instance, and I know there's there are a lot of people involved in uh, creating uh, an ad. You know, it's not just the person behind the camera, but also the director, the dialogue writer, the, the costume person, the set person. So I feel like there are so many people, but through your your camera work, I think you bring a lot of life to these characters, you know. So I think that's that's really not very easy to do, and I I feel like you're doing a great great job with that. But you know, I recently saw the trailer of your uh, first feature, Middle Class Love. You know, it's a wonderful story. I I will be linking all of Manish's short films and his trailers in the show notes. So do take some time to also review his amazing website where he's documented um, all his projects in a very organized and visually uh, aesthetic way but uh, but yeah i mean ratna sena you know, she was already known um, in the industry she made a very uh, popular film uh, shadi mein zarur aana um, yeah. which which was accepted and widely watched by a lot of people so how is it working on such a large project with you know so much talent and so much money involved you know uh, and being the uh, I, i know you were uh, there were two people involved in cinematography in this project right yeah. uh, i think it was you and samir manish Yes. So uh, the way this project came along to me is this movie directed by Ratna Sinha and, and produced by Anurag Sinha um, and Banaras Media Works. They started shooting it a couple of years ago, I think in 2019 um, in January. Okay. And they were shooting it with this really, really amazing DP, Sameer Arya, uh, who was the DP for Koi Mil Gaya as well. And a lot of amazing movies, shoot out at Madala. So he's a very big senior DP, and uh, they shot um, one part of the schedule in Dehradun and Masood. Right. So it's a story about uh, a young boy going to a fancy college, and you know, and he wants to like take a leap from him being middle class to uh, to achieve things that he's he's told that he cannot achieve, right? Like, um, um, so so that was the premise of the story, and. And COVID lockdown happened in in the middle of in March 2019. Mm. So um, there was not much happening in the industry for like a whole year. Yeah. Um, and at that point, when they started resuming the the shoot, uh, Mr. Sami could not make it because of his other commitments. Because of the other commitments. So, oh. um, props to the director uh, Ratna Ma'am that she put trust in someone like me who is. uh like a much younger uh younger creative um and i got the project because of my ads 
because of a producer that I shot a couple of ads with was also like producing this film. So he said, why don't you just like go in and do a meeting with them and then and then see uh, if you're jamming. So I went into her office and then I showed her a couple of ads uh, that I had done with this producer and, and otherwise as well. And um, she really enjoyed the color contrast and, and, and the stock stylized uh, approach that I would bring to the table. Uh-huh. So she really liked it and it was amazing. She didn't even think about it for like a couple of hours. She just like sent me the script in, in the evening and said, wow. hey, like, do it, please read it and, and just call me back. And, and I got the project and it was very nice that I got to work with her because, because she also pushed me to just be me and do me. One, one lucky part about uh, sharing this credit with another DP uh, was that the scenes that he shot were more uh, exterior in their Abu Dhabi Masuri. And the scenes that were left to shoot within the second schedule uh, was were different environments and, uh, and scenes in a college, uh, scenes in a pub, the finale climax sequence, which is supposed to be um, uh, this, this fun fair. So, it it was nice that I wasn't like bound to an aesthetic that I I needed to like maintain consistency and push back. Uh, but she really like sometimes on set she would come up to me and said, "Whatever we saw in your cinematography showing, let's have that." Wow. And I would be like, "Okay, like I I know what to do now. Like I know they, what you like now, and then let's let's do that." But they trusted so, you, right? And they believed in yeah. your potential. I think that's so important. Exactly. Um, and uh, a lot of like positive encouragement as well that, uh, because that is something that does not always happen in an industry where right? you want people to be efficient so you don't really like tell them that you're happy with what you're doing but but in this case you would always like let me know that hey this is amazing so I would know when it's not amazing yeah. uh, when I would not hear that right so that that's like a very nice like positive way of like um, kind of like pushing to 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 do better, and you kind of gauge uh what people like and not liking by 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 the response. Yeah. Um. So that was really nice, and because of my art film experience, I I kind of like knew where I like my hues and 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 my contrast curves in a way to say, and how I like to place my characters and and what kind of movement do I like for, for certain scenes. Mm. So, But this was very different because this was uh, for me a 20-day shooting schedule mm-hmm. which meant that I had to like go see locations and do technical stuff for another month and a half. Okay. So um, this was working every day as opposed to my actual life where I would work for like a couple of days and then and then sit around and like play with my cat and sit for a couple of days. So I get time to like uh, kind of revive myself, right? But this was like a schedule that would just like keep going on. Yeah. Uh, and and you're shooting like many pages a day, so it's it's also very challenging to like kind of keep track of um, what uh, what scenes are you approaching in which manner and what gear do you need for which scenes and what day. So like it's it's a lot of like creative managerial uh, logistic work. Um, to to be mindful of uh, also um, understanding what the director wants and oh. also understanding if it's well within the budget of our production 
um because a movie can be made for any amount of rupees right yeah yeah um, and there's also oh. time time schedules and talent that you have to you know align with but i like you know what i noticed manish is that you you did the same thing so many times when you were an ad after your bmm course in so many you know film productions you know in your right. ad projects in your short films and film projects i think you know you were just a close observer and a student so i feel like in a lot of ways you came full circle from being someone that was an observer and just a participant to actually leading and co-creating that space i think you know you you worked really hard to get to that point and i because i'm hearing your story chronologically i just see how you got to that point you know it's, it's really inspiring for sure i think it's uh, about learning it's it's of course an ever going process um i feel like even after film school i now i feel like it's really important to kind of uh keep track of what is happening and uh, i think we are in disciplines which are ever evolving as well sure. um and every month something that worked last month goes obsolete yeah uh you know and and that works with both taste um and technical gear like okay. the camera i was shooting with last month is like it's it's no longer required because we have something way superior giving <laughs> like a much better dynamic dynamic range and uh, and all those fancy things um and and like you especially see it a lot in uh, color grading mm-hmm. uh like let's say two years ago if you see any indian advertisement they were all uh with this muted feeling right like a, couple, a little bit desaturated that was that was in mm-hmm. uh in the next year visco's effect got very popular which which was kind of like this faded film effect mm-hmm. uh and uh, last year it was more like stark contrasty um uh, just like a crisp image which which looks like really balanced and like has like very dark blacks and like white highlights uh and everything is in its place and like mm-hmm. now this year it's becoming it's going back more like the old and cellular days of film making where there was like a bit of film texture and a lot of like grain on the image and would things would look fuzzy and imperfect and that's like more popular now um so i feel like it's 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 nice that there are so many resources now available uh, paid and free online that that people can always like check out um and one thing that i really enjoy doing is attending the master classes um and uh, i realized like when i tried that a couple of years ago i did not find the right classes for me because i felt like it was more talking and uh, less learning for me got it uh, like more hearing and less learning for me um but when it came to like more technical courses it was interesting for me to like to apply uh, like make good use of my time so you have to be like a perpetual learner in that sense right manish yeah that's that's amazing manish and i want to be respectful of time this last final question before i let you go and i honestly i can speak to you for you know two or three hours because i really wanted to know your you know thoughts on every project and but you know manish one thing i always appreciated about friends or uh, colleagues that went to film school is i'm so fascinated by how you watch films you know i have another friend that uh is really passionate about films and spend some time studying films and the way that person watches films is so different from the way i watch it you know after i watch the film i will normally say 
I liked the story and I liked this part about the story. But then that person would have comments about editing, about the way the set was designed, about the way the sound uh, was edited, about the editing of the film. So can you tell me about one film that really uh, stayed with you and how you went, how would you go about watching that film in terms of how can like a lay person, uh, like how do we break down different elements of a film? How do we watch a film based on one film that really uh, inspired you? Um, honestly, so many films come to mind. Yeah. Uh, conversation. Can, maybe, maybe a recent film that you uh, saw that that you can, you know, maybe break down for us in terms of like because I will always focus on the story as someone that doesn't understand the craft as much. Uh, but what would you see in that film? I'm I'm curious. I think when it comes to breaking down, so I have two examples here. Yeah. Uh, I would give a recent example, which is uh, a more like. Uh, technical example um, talking about the question that you have adjusted to uh, is this movie that I saw called Everything Everywhere All at Once mm-hmm. it's made by Daniel and Daniel have you seen I, it yet? I loved it yeah it was amazing I, loved it. I, was... I saw it so many times um, and I mean, it blew my mind because it was just such a new concept I was just so intrigued yeah. it's it's a multiverse concept uh, in, in in the context of someone who is doing something as simple as content that's yeah. So it's it's a brilliant story in the first place, but you can see that there is so much filmmaking in 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 this movie, and it's almost like two kids just doing what they used to do when when they were children and making like short films by their own way. So yeah. this this is like a very good example of a very hands-on movie where these two directors kind of have done a lot of these things uh, with practical effects. There are not too many VFX shots, to be honest. There are, there are a lot, but it's not like a huge uh, VFX team that you see in Marvel where the credit just is just like unrolling for five minutes. Yeah. This this movie VFX was done by five people and yeah. and uh, uh, some additional VFX was done by the two directors as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very good example of how people kind of like came together as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it also shows how much control they had over the project because all of these different departments were so tight. Um, and um, I feel like this is one very good movie where you can really um, kind of tell uh, cinematography, good cinematography and good editing and, um, and good uh, sound design and music um, and, and good special effects and action. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like this this movie is a very good case study because I have been studying about this as well. If if you go to YouTube, there are like twenty really good um, behind the scenes videos and talks with the directors, actors, and technicians from the movie where they kind of break down what went into these particular scenes mm-hmm. uh, and they how how they managed to achieve certain effects and, and certain transitions, even certain storytelling styles. Uh, how one character kind of played like four different personas and acting like a squirrel and acting like a wolf and acting like a jaguar in different scenes. Um, how the action coordinators kind of help stitch the movie together or take inspiration from like old uh, Asian action movies. Um, they talk a lot about that as well. Um, and how costume plays a really good role when it comes to uh, the different characters played by uh, the the, the daughter, yeah, uh, yeah. 
where, where it's it's just like so so glamorous and and so chaotic yeah uh, and they talk a lot about that as well and what what it adds to the dream scenes and different moments True, so yeah. so just like i was already blown away by the movie and then i made all my parents uh, my parents and my uncle and aunt watch it and then i saw it again myself and then it just released in the theaters in india so i yeah. saw it on torrent because torrent is illegal <laughs> uh, uh but now it's in theaters and i watched it again and every time i see like a new clipping of how they did certain things i have like uh, um a bigger appreciation for how they managed to do certain things Thanks. um yeah. that is one but another a thing that i wanted to talk about is um, a couple of years ago when i was in new york i saw this movie um called mother i don't know if you've seen it but i've seen it same the black swan honestly Uh, Arnofsky and it was Jennifer what's her name Lawrence Gen- Jennifer Lawrence I loved it I saw it at uh, Mami at the Regal Cinema oh. when I think he had come down oh. here I think he yeah. came to talk about the film I think there was that here it was amazing That's amazing when you watched it Yeah uh so I think that that film also changed how I how I consumed films mm. how I looked at movie making because that is a film that just flowed right and one of the things that uh, are special about anything that you do is that it's it's more immersive the more invisible it is yeah. right yeah. so so like if you see a movie like whiplash it's it's beautifully edited yeah. or even if you see something that's on the other end of the spectrum where if you see birdman which is which is a whole movie that looks like one one sequence i know birdman was shot in one like extended uh, like cameras right. yeah i was exactly. like uh, so so these two films like it's it's excellent the editing is excellent because in one movie it's so invisible and in the other movie uh, there is so much happening that that you kind of forget that uh, someone sat on a desk and pushed a couple of buttons because you're so immersed in it oh. and the same thing goes for good cinematography and good production design like it just has to be enough uh, and not like scream out for attention because uh, the the idea is to kind of just make you feel like you're part of this world as well mm. and that's what the film mother did for me and i was watching this film and i finished watching this whole film and i came out of the theater feeling uncomfortable because so much happened in front of my eyes and there were parts of the movie at the time which i could not comprehend um and i was a little bit frustrated as well that it's like it's like i thought i knew what was going on but there is there are some missing links uh-huh. and i finally understood that yes the thing is i have to be comfortable consuming a piece of art and being okay with not understanding it uh-huh. but just uh, it's like when you go to a museum and then you see a painting by someone who made it like a couple of centuries ago right yeah um and there is so much that can be spoken about that painting and you can look at it with the context of um what happened at the time in the history uh and in the political scenario and the cultural scenario and be be appreciative of the uh, of the details that went into it mm-hmm. or you can still stare at the painting and still be mesmerized by it because because of the because of the energy that is translated from yeah. from, a, from a piece of canvas right um and and once i kind of like 
gave myself that liberty to ease down and, and be okay with watching something and not understanding something completely but still enjoying it mm-hmm. and um, the beautiful part about that is you want to come back to it to kind of dig in further and and read read about it like understand the philosophies that went into it yeah other directors philosophy the critics philosophy the, the audience who watched their philosophy um that's what makes it more special as well and that's something that is super special about all Christopher Nolan movies as well yeah where uh, you enjoy the movie and you know that you're not the smartest person on the planet but the good part is that you don't have to be sure that this this piece of art was not designed to make you feel uh any lesser right yeah. it's designed to uh make you feel good yeah and and leave you with enough questions that you can come back to and and discuss and talk about uh and dissect and see what it is that you like what it is that you like yeah and it, it makes you feel and feel more human at the end of the day right manish it shows yeah. you so many different ways of what it means to be human and i think uh, i completely agree with you sometimes you watch a film for the second time and you have more life experiences and you see something that you didn't see the first time you know i think that's powerful that films um, can do that in such a engaging way but manish you know, i don't know where one hour passed you know i think one hour 10 minutes already just went by and uh, just talking to you. Yeah, so this was amazing i you know i really like listening to you talk about films manish i would be so interested in you you know sharing your thoughts about different films you know like the way you broke down uh, mother and the way you broke down everything everywhere all at once i think you have so much knowledge about filmmaking that a lay person like me i think some of the things you said i was not able to notice i'd love to see you know like you sharing your thoughts about some of these films but most importantly i'm so excited about all the features and ad films and the work and the music please do produce more music manish yes you know your your listeners i i after listening to sab sahi i thought this is the next you know this is going to be the next breakout voice when i heard you think that so please do produce more music i'm a big fan i've made a lot of my friends listen to that and even the way you created five versions of yourself like a little uh, multiverse universe yourself over there you know? a lot of people argued with that there are different yeah. but <laughs> manish again i for the listeners i will be linking manish's website if you are interested in uh, you know producing or working on a project with him do reach out to him on his website which i uh, will also link his email id on his website over here um but do watch manish's films uh, firstly middle class love it is going to come out in a theater close to you very soon and uh, all his amazing ad films too but manish any any final words before we uh, come to an end oh thank you for for doing this it was so nice to talk to you and i and i hope to see you in mumbai if i come to the other side of the world i would, I would love to hang out and talk for you that would be amazing manish i'm just going to again listeners please make sure you reach out to manish on his website but watch his films and that's the best way to really understand his work and until next time uh, keep learning uh, stay tuned for more such episodes uh, and more wonderful stories from this show